good morning again. My name is still Ryan Schreckengast, uh, one of the preachers here at GFC. Um, and I wanted to tell you this morning about two questions that we ask our kids very, very frequently. We ask them these two questions when they're angry at their siblings. We ask them these questions when they're disappointed and crying, giving us a hug, not sure what to do. We ask them these questions when they're afraid, when they come into our room late at night uh, looking for assurance. I want to share with you the two questions that we ask to our children in these situations. The first question that we ask them is this. What is your heart telling you right now? What is your heart telling you right now? That's the first question. And the second question we ask them is, is it lying to you? Is your heart lying to you? These two questions are something that we pray every day that our kids will grow in the habit of asking themselves. As they mature, we want them to begin to ask these two questions themselves of their own hearts. Because let's be honest, it's something that we could all probably grow in the habit of asking ourselves. Because the heart, that is all of our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions, is a very, very powerful motivator in our lives. And it's easy to miss what it is telling us, and even easier to miss when it is lying to us. In fact, you could say that our hearts rule most of our behaviors and our beliefs. But unfortunately, as unpopular as it is, we must recognize that our hearts are not truthful. In fact, what our hearts do more often than anything else is lie. Because what they are trying to hide from us is our own sin. So if we are to experience the joy of life that is available through God, we need to only rec- not only recognize what it is that our hearts are telling us, but we must also recognize the subtleties of when it is lying to us. Our hearts, friends, require reshaping, which happens as our hearts are disciplined and we allow them not to rule us, but to be ruled by God. And that's the message that the book of Proverbs is going to offer to us this morning, that the heart rules from a sinful spirit. And so it must be reshaped according to God's refining wisdom. This morning, we'll be reading quite a few passages from the book of Proverbs, and we'll see on your outline that the heart rules you, it reflects your spirit, it requires reshaping, and that by God's grace, it is revealed, refined, and restored through Christ. Let's consider first how the heart rules us. Excuse me. It's hard to overstate the importance of, quote, the heart, meaning all of our collective thoughts and feelings and emotions. 
There's a reason why humanity writes songs and sings and writes poems and obsesses over this idea of the heart. Because your heart has very real power to rule your life. Proverbs draws our attention to this fact. The heart rules our internal experience of life. Proverbs 14.30 says, A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Or look at Proverbs 15.13. A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. Or later in Proverbs 15, verse 20. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Friends, your heart is the difference between life and cheer and good health and that of dried up, crushed bones and a broken spirit. The heart rules the internal experience of our life. But the heart also rules many of our external experiences, doesn't it? Proverbs 18:12. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. So our heart rules not only our internal experience, but our very external experiences. Affecting the way that life happens to us. Friends, our hearts are like a lens which rule how we experience everything in our lives. Both internal and external. And in fact, we cannot experience anything apart from our hearts. Everything that we experience goes through that filter. Why? Because the heart rules you. This means that we must consider our hearts as we go through our lives. We would be foolish not to. Remember the first question that I ask my kids? What is your heart saying to you? Life is not merely an objective series of events. We interpret it through our hearts. You will always experience Everything that you do through your heart. And so recognizing that truth is the first step toward wisdom. What is your heart telling you when you feel cheerful or envious or sorrowful? How is your heart ruling those experiences of your life? Your collective thoughts and emotions and feelings about the world, all of those things, your heart is a tremendous diagnostic instrument. It reveals something about you. What are you believing when you are angry at your sibling? What are you believing when you are afraid and in desperate need of comfort? What do you value? What do you value enough to spend your money on? How do you react 
when you feel threatened or alone or even safe or loved. When you feel those things, that is your heart ruling you in all of those things. So the heart rules you and it is tremendously important. But when something is so important, it becomes easy to think that it is the most important thing. Friends, it's not. Just because the heart rules you, that does not mean that it is not ruled in return. Friends, the heart has a master as well. Just as you are ruled by your heart, your heart is in turn ruled by your spirit. The spirit, friends, the spirit drives your heart, but it gets much less attention, doesn't it? Why? Why do you think that it gets such less attention? Because the heart is by design something that is very visible. It's clearly experienced, while the spirit is harder to understand even than the heart. So God has given us our hearts in that understanding them. We have the second effect in point two, that it reflects the state of our spirits. As is appropriate for a discussion about the heart. Proverbs 27, 19 describes it with this beautiful imagery. <coughs> Excuse me. As in water, face reflects face. So the heart of man reflects the man. Isn't it interesting that in this analogy, the heart of man is reflecting Something deeper than itself. So often we consider the heart, our emotions, our thoughts and feelings, and we assume that this, because it rules us, is the deepest part of ourselves. But Proverbs, friends, says no. In fact, the heart is merely a reflection of something deeper. The heart is intended to reveal to us the condition of our spirits. It's a way to view something invisible. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Friends, the heart is a well that with work can provide for us a deep understanding. It's really not meant to be this inscrutable mystery that we make it out to be. In fact, it's meant to be the opposite. The heart is what we can see that reflects what we cannot see. How does it show us this? It shows us this by looking at what we say and what we do. Proverbs 16.23 describes the heart of a wise man. The heart of the wise 
makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Do you see that it is the character of the wise man that drives the state of his heart and therefore directs his words? There are those three stages. And the same is true for the wicked man described earlier in the same chapter. Proverbs 16 verses 14 through 15 talks about the wicked person, quote, with perverted heart devises evil, continually sowing discord. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. So do you see how the spirit drives the heart, which drives the actions? And what happens to this wicked person when calamity overcomes them? Proverbs 19 verse 3 shows the fundamental problems that we have with our heart. When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Do you see the problem, friends? The natural state of our spirits as reflected in our hearts is not one of wisdom and righteousness. For every one of us, the natural state of our spirit as revealed by our hearts is one of wickedness and sin. The proverb, the prophet Jeremiah writes on behalf of God in Jeremiah 17, 9, saying, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. The heart rules us in a reflection of a spirit that is sick with sin. And so it rages against the very one who created it. Friends, the rule of your heart is not a benevolent one. Because the heart is ruled in turn by a sinful spirit. How does this apply this morning? Do not trust the rule of your heart. Remember the second question that I ask my kids. Is your heart lying to you? And the answer, more often than not, will be yes. Yes. Because you will never satisfy your heart by obeying its whims. This is like the policy of not negotiating with terrorists. Thank you. This is like how we deal with terrorists because once it gets what it wants, your heart will always have one more demand and another one and another one. So by all means, understand what your heart is telling you because you can learn a lot from what it's telling you, but you must not forget that because it reflects your sinful spirit, it will deceive you. 
So if your heart says that you will be satisfied by changing your gender, or if only everyone else would accept that gender, then you will be satisfied. If that is what your heart says, friend, then it is deceiving you. If your heart says that you will be satisfied when you finally get the recognition that you deserve from your peers for all of the hard work you have done, that is what will satisfy you. Friends, your heart is deceiving you. If your heart says you will be satisfied when you have the time or the health or the money or the respect or the love or the body type or the family or the job or the house or the game or the skills or any of the thousand things that our heart chases. Friends, your heart is deceiving you. Why? Because your heart is sick. Because your spirit is sick. And this means that no matter how deeply you look within yourself, you will never find the truth by going deeper. Your heart doesn't know what will bring it life. It only reflects the brokenness Of your sinful spirit. So you will not find life. By looking deep within yourself. But if you cannot. Trust your heart friends. Then what can you trust? What what can you even do? Even if you recognize. This deception of your heart. What can you do about it? Because the heart rules you after all so is there anything that can be done even if you wanted to yes friends by god's grace there is the heart reflects the spirit like a mirror showing the sinfulness that would otherwise be invisible it is a powerful output device But God also designed your heart to not only be like a mirror, but like a touchscreen. The heart, friends, is also a tremendously powerful input device. It allows you to input into your life. And so it requires us To have it reshaped, which is point three. God actually gives us tremendous hope that our sinful hearts can, in fact, be reshaped. Even though our hearts are not neutral, but are by default sinful, God has given us ways of reshaping our hearts. How do you think that is? If our spirit is sinful, then reshaping your own heart yourself by going deeper and deeper within is impossible. But God provides external means 
of shaping our hearts. Proverbs 22 verse 15 says that folly is bound up in the heart of a child. But the rod of discipline drives it far from him. So children cannot discipline the folly out of their own hearts. It's the responsibility of their parents to provide that godly discipline, which is what the rod represents here. Excuse me. And as this is true for the children, it's also true for all of us. Our heart can be disciplined and can be reshaped, not from within ourselves, but from without. Here are a few ways that Proverbs lists and instructs the wise to let their hearts be disciplined and be reshaped. Through godly counsel. Proverbs 23, 12. Apply your heart to instruction and hear and your ear to the words of knowledge. Our heart can be reshaped through parental experience. Proverbs 23, 26. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. The heart can be reshaped through steadfast love. Proverbs 3, 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And here's my personal favorite. The heart can be reshaped through a virtuous wife. Proverbs 31, 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. Friends, all of these things have something in common. All of them point your heart away from serving yourself and toward serving the Lord. Proverbs 3 verse 5 offers this command. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That, friends, is how the heart is reshaped. Because the heart rules from a sinful spirit, it must be reshaped according to the Lord. In fact, that is what it was made for. It is both an output and an input device because God wants to reveal your sinful spirit and then he wants to reshape it to give you life. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. The heart does not merely reflect the spirit, but it affects the spirit. Let me read Proverbs 3 verse 5 again, but now continue all the way through to verse 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. How does this apply today, friends? Brothers and sisters, God has given us in this church an incredible blessing. He's given us one another. We have parents to learn from and virtuous spouses and the opportunity to love one another in deep and impactful ways. God has given us these things so that we can point each other away from ourselves and toward the Lord. He has given us his word so that we can know him. So please make use of these methods that God has given us to reshape our hearts. But be so careful, friends. Be so careful. Because right now, you may hear your heart saying, yes, what a good sermon. That's what I need. I I just need a loving community. I need to be less self-centered. I can obey my parents better. Or I can have more self-discipline. I can read my Bible more. That is what will bring me life. If that is what your heart is telling you right now, friends, it is deceiving you. It is deceiving you. Because what your sinful spirit needs, most of all, is not any of those things. As good as those are, none of those things has the ability to restore your broken heart. Friends, the only one who can reveal the lies of your heart, refine your heart, and restore your heart is the Lord God Almighty through the saving blood of Jesus Christ. That is where our hearts must lead us today. Only the Lord reveals, refines, and restores your heart, which is point four on your outline. In the end, no matter what you think that you did right, you are not the judge. God is the righteous judge. Proverbs 21.2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord weighs the heart, friends. And his standard that we are judged by is not pretty good. It's not 
I tried my best. It's not even I did what I thought was right. Friends, the standard of God is holiness. It's sinlessness. It's perfection. So do not trust the standard of your heart. Proverbs 17.3 uses the analogy of a testing fire. Which establishes the purity of metals. It says this, the crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold. And the Lord tests the heart. Friends, it is good news that no deception of your heart will mislead the creator of all things. Friends, God made your heart. He gave it to you so that you would be able to see your desperate, desperate need for him. Proverbs 15 verse 11. Sheol and Abaddon, that is hell, lie open before the Lord. How much more the heart's Of the children of man. So there is no lie that your heart can tell. No matter how good it seems to you. That will deceive the creator of everything on the earth. And above the earth and below the earth. No lie will deceive him. Let's read again Jeremiah 17 verse 9. And continue through verse 10. The heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. To give to every man according to his ways. According to the fruit Of his deeds. That's scary. If God gives. To every man. According to his deeds. And we know from Romans 6. That the wages of sin. Is death. And what my heart is terrified to admit is that I need to be saved. Friends, you can reshape your heart, but you can never make it pure. Proverbs 20 verse 9 says, Who can say, I have made my heart pure? I am clean from my sin. The answer is that only the one who made your heart can make it pure. Only the one. Only the one who knows you more intimately than you know yourself. Can make a way for your deceitful heart to be made clean. 
What way could be made to do such an impossible thing? God the Father sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to make a way. He has always been the only way. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 describes how the purification of the flesh through the blood sacrifice was a picture of Jesus. How much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God to purify our conscience or our heart from dead works to serve the living God. Friends, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that makes the heart clean from sin. Jesus is truly the only one who will ever satisfy the desires of your hearts. Because he is the only one who can make your heart new. So how does this apply? Please allow Jesus to reshape and refine and redeem your heart. Because God knows the state of your heart. He knows the true state of your spirit. And your heart, though it can deceive you, cannot deceive him. And so he has provided Jesus. Who is worthy through his death and his resurrection to stand at the right hand of God on your behalf. So if you have not turned your heart over to him, please do it this morning. He is right here waiting to wash your heart clean in his blood. And for those of you friends who do proclaim his death and his resurrection as the payment for your sins, then allow him to continue to reshape and refine and redeem your heart because jesus is the king and your heart is being remade into his likeness and through the power of god he will not stop this good work until it is completed let's pray Father God, we thank you for your work. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We are bought by the blood. We are saved by the blood. So Lord, reshape our sinful hearts. God, change us and mold us and make us into your likeness. Thank you for the many ways you've given us, God to reform our hearts. We pray that we would not seek truth within ourselves, but within your word, Father God.
We pray for wisdom to teach our children and wisdom to humble ourselves before you. Lord, thank you for your blood. Amen.